All right, before I get to my next guest, Frank Nabilo, please do me a couple of favors. First, check out our friends at the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. And folks, if you haven't hit Ben Hogan Iron since maybe the 80s or the 90s, do yourself a favor. Get involved in their demo program and get one of the clubs from their Fort Worth, PTX, new PTX Pro or Edge Irons, and go out on the range and compare it to whatever it is you've got. All Ben Hogan irons and wedges are handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. So no mass production, no shortcuts. Now you can order custom irons, wedges, and hybrids by going online to BenHoganGolf.com. And they're going to build those clubs to your specifications. And best of all, charge you a fraction of the typical retail price. Check out their complete line of forged irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, bags, and accessories. Plus their new GS53 driver and fairway woods, which are fantastic. Go online and see for yourself at BenHoganGolf.com. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. Now back with me on the French Lake Resort guest line is Frank Navalo. You know Frank not only from the great work he does broadcasting on the Golf Channel, but his time playing on the PGA Tour as well. He's from Auckland, New Zealand. At the age of 18, he won the New Zealand Amateur Championship, becoming the second youngest player ever to win that title. He turned pro in 1979. His first professional win came at the 1982 New South Wales PGA Championship. He won the New Zealand PGA Championship twice in 1985 and 87. He joined the European Tour back in 85 as a full-time player and got his first win at the 1988 PLM Open. Frank finished in the top 50 on the European Order of Merit every year from 1988 to 1996. In all, he won 14 times around the world, including two Sarazen World Opens and the 1997 Greater Greensboro Chrysler Classic on the PGA Tour. He played on numerous World and Dunno Cup teams for New Zealand and was a member of the first three International President's Cup teams. In the mid-90s, Frank recorded top 10 finishes in all four majors, including a fourth-place finish at the 96 Masters, a ninth-place finish at the 94 U.S. Open, 10th at the 97 Open Championship, and 8th at the 1996 PGA. Frank joined the Golf Channel back in 2004 and is now a lead analyst for their PGA Tour coverage, plus their in-studio shows, Golf Central and Live From. And I'm honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Frank, thanks for coming back on the show. Pleasure, Chris. Yeah, no, it's uh, I know it's been a while, so uh, it's tough act to follow after Bob Friend. He's uh, <laughs> obviously he still loves the game in his capacity now. I've, uh, I actually saw Bob about a year ago. I think it was Greenbrier, and he had the, the same passion then as what he had when he was on the tour. Yeah, Bob's fantastic. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Frank, I know as you and I were communicating leading up to tonight, you uh, you just got back from China. Talk about your experience over there. Yeah, it was good. I've actually had four of the last six weeks in um, in Asia. I was actually in Shanghai six weeks ago for the Asia Pacific Amateur Championship. That's where the winner goes on to play in the Masters next year. And uh, it was won for the second time by a very talented uh, Chinese player, still only 18, just turned 19 last month, by the name of Yushin Lin. And, um, you know, China, their developmental program is really starting to turn out some marvelous players. Guan um, Long who, as you would remember, made the cut at, at, at the Masters when he was 14, is probably the right. catalyst for that program. And then I came back. That's actually when we were going to chat. And then I just went back for um, for uh, three amazing weeks. There were PGA Tour events. 
Um, career was won by uh, Justin Thomas again. He fought Danny Lee right down to the wire. And then Zozo, what else can you say? Tiger Woods wins 82. Um, with Hideki Matsuyama, that went into Monday. It was, it was incredible, the atmosphere there. And then uh, topped it off with, with a playoff in Shanghai. Um, with you know, Rory in front of an amazing crowd, beat Xander Shoffley, who doesn't get enough credit uh, um, in, in the play. There was, the golf was great. Uh, weather at times was sporadic, but um, you know, I really do like the way these young players play, and, and, and they, they, they were three very good wins. Frank, a couple of things there that I want to react to. I really want to get your thoughts. You mentioned Danny Lee. He's an, an adopted countryman of yours, a, a kid who was from Correct. South Korea, moved to New Zealand when he was eight, became the youngest U.S. amateur champion back in 2008. So I want to get you. Danny is a guy that I've been waiting to explode onto the, you know, onto the PGA Tour. He's had some, some nice close, close calls. He obviously had just had a second place. He's had a couple of those in, in the last year. But talk about Danny's game. Is and is this a guy that's ready to break out in 2020? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I heard the tail end of Bob when he was talking about attitudes of players, and I think that's right. You know, sometimes people just have that intangible um, that you can't teach, but that they believe in themselves. Tiger Woods obviously has it. Um, you, know, you know, more than anybody else. Rory McIlroy's close. Brooks Koepka. You know, Jack Nicklaus. You, you go down through all the great players. And but Danny, I honestly think one of the best and worst things for him, believe it or not, is growing up in New Zealand. Um, he came from a Korean culture, uh, and and he had that work ethic. And then when he went to New Zealand, and a lot of the times growing up in that culture, rugby is number one, and they just had the Rugby World Cup in Japan. And but also you 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 really taught that team events are so much more important. So to play an individualistic game like golf and try and star, it's hard. Um, and Danny was outstanding at, at a young age. You just detail what he did. And then he also won a European tour event. It was in Perth as a, as an amateur. So, you know, his pedigree you know, spoke for itself and it was just a case of making that transition, came straight to America. He's been good enough. And matter of fact, I talked to, to Danny at the start of career. It's like, you know, you know, I get to sit in the chair and I get to see the best golf and I get to see some bad golf as well. I said, you're only looking at the best shots all the time because they're the ones really that make air. I said, if you got to see what I saw and, and realize that, you know, Tiger Woods took bad shots, Rory McIlroy hit bad shots, uh, that type of thing, you'd probably look at your own game differently. And, and, I, and I'm still waiting for Danny to find that extra gear because he's, there's, there's a 50 of those guys on the PGA Tour. And the next star is probably going to come from that lot. And we just don't know which one it is because that one player or two players are going to have to think differently than the way they do right now. Frank, the other thing you talked about is you got to see Rory McIlroy get his fourth win in his last 15 events at the, at the WGC mm. event over there. He certainly feels like he's back at the top of his game. Is, is 2020 a year you think we're going to see Rory and Tiger go head-to-head and battle it out for a major or two? Or is when you really look at the field, there's so many good players out there. Is it, is it just too wide? Are there too many great players? Because it could be any one of a, you know, a couple of dozen guys that have an opportunity uh, to win a major. Yeah, you can look at it a lot of different ways. Um, I, would like to, I would like to agree with you. Uh, it, it, number one, it gets down to how healthy is Tiger Woods going to be because when he is healthy, and he showed that in Japan, it, he has this amazing ability 
I'm going to say Kepka has it, but he hasn't produced it as often as Tiger Woods has, that they are calm in the moment of crisis. And that's exactly what happened. I can't imagine what it would be like to be trying to tie a record. I know people are going to debate it, the 82 wins of Sam Snead. But he had to go on extra time. You know, I saw him at breakfast. I mean, he was just so calm. He was so prepared for the moment. And and that's that's always been one of his talents. And the fact that he just never gives up that position. And you saw with Rory at Shanghai, and Rory's pretty close. Rory has this amazing gear, but every now and again the car comes off the track and he's got to put it back on. Rory doesn't quite close like Tiger Woods, but he, he has done some amazing things. And he, he's incredibly talented. So when you look at those two for a start and you throw in a Brooks Koepka or Justin Thomas, and, and, and obviously there's, there's some other guys too that we're just dismissing straight away. Um, but when you look at those guys right now, because they have performed at the highest level during the course of, of, of 2019, you, you look for the, the little things they do differently, and, and it is belief. Tiger Woods, when he has a lead on Sunday, believes that he has something that other people doesn't, they don't have. Brooks Kepp is the only other player of the last few years that stands on that final tee, sorry, stands on the first tee on Sunday, and also has the belief that he's the best player in the field. It doesn't always translate to victory, but if you don't have that, if you're not your best friend on the first tee, then then it's problematic. And and I think Rory, as soon as he hurt the ankle, he lost that little piece because he actually did have that in 2014. And if he gets that back in 2020, then, yeah, we might very well have three players who will stand on the first tee in a major championship or a player's championship and believe that they are the guy to beat. If that happens, then 2020 will be spectacular. Frank, you talked a moment ago about the importance of team events and, and how, how that's drilled into you in New Zealand. You played in the first three President's Cup events. I'm curious to get your, your thoughts, your memories. How is the pressure and the dynamic different in a team event like that, you know, when you're playing for whether, you know, your country, your continent, your teammates uh, versus playing in a regular PGA Tour event or even just a regular, you know, World, G, you know, World Golf Championship match play event? How how is that dynamic different? It's well, fortunately in New Zealand you played team team sports when you grew up, so we we, we would play every sport, and there were going to be some sports that you were good at, so you were like a captain, and there was some sports to be quite honest that you would suck at, so therefore you were one of the struggling guys on the team. So you learned to to be a decent role player. If not, if you're a good player, then you have to lead, and if you're one of the ones that struggle, then you have to support. So fast forward into a President's Cup um, or, you know, a Dunhill Cup or a World Cup, and I was lucky enough to play a lot of those. You, you have to find out really what your role is. Um, the, the only international team that won, because I had to do a lot of interviews just recently about it, 1998, and I said, what people don't point out is we had an incredible strong top of the team. We had Greg Norman, Nick Price, Danny Ellis, and BJ Singh. They were four bona fide world number ones. Our fifth best player on that side was Steve Alpington, who won two players' championships. So we, we had five players that were the equal of any team in the world. So therefore, it was incumbent on the tail in that situation. I was one of those, to be honest, because um, I, I got struck in the head with a golf ball and been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So I, I realized that my career was going to come to an end sooner than I thought. So you, you, your role is to support and try and get some points. Um, and we had an outstanding player in Shijeki Mariama who punched above his way. Um, you have to understand really the importance of your position. The best players, and we see it in a Ryder Cup as well, they've got to score more than 50% of the points. 
In other words, a Tiger Woods, Jim Ferrick, Phil Mickelson, we know they don't write a cup. They have losing records. The best players in the world can't have losing records and your team win. It's expecting too much from the rest. And then it goes down. And then if your 12th player gets a point or a point and a half or two, they've done well. So it, it really is like any other team. Your stars have to perform and the other ones just have to, you know, they have to be Rubik's. You know, like the, the football movie. They have to just hang in there and provide spirit. If you get it all right, then it's an amazing experience. And it's something that, to be honest, tournaments that I want, I remember the team events because they're so few and far between. So those are the things that stick with you. Something that you can share with another player in a sport that you both love. It's, it's you know, that's it's the top of the tree for me. And Frank, before the President's Cup came about, you know, were you guys, you know, the international, the rest, everybody outside of the U.S. And, and Europe, were you guys pushing for another event to come around? Because the Ryder Cup is such a huge thing. I have to imagine you guys had to be saying to yourself, hey, what about us? When do we get an opportunity to get into a, you know, an event like this? Was that something you guys pushed for? Oh, very much so. I, I actually feel bad for four or five of those games that, guys that I just mentioned. Middle Uni House was one of the younger guys on the team. But, for example, Greg Norman and Nick Price, they were getting not necessarily to the end of their career, but they'd passed the sweet spot. So if they'd had the luxury that some of us had to play earlier on, they would have bought the whole phase of the team event. Um, I, I don't know, just Jordan Spieth flew into my mind. You know, he was picked uh, as a, you know, 20, 21-year-old. So if, if at the end of your career, if you're allowed to, if you if you have the, um, obviously the ability, number one, if you get to, a, you know, go through a full cycle of team events where you're, you know, you're like a rookie, um, a, a really good player, one of the seasoned players, one of the guys they hang their hats on at the end and then at the end, you're basically almost moral support. If you get to do a full cycle, then then, then you have a tremendous career. So we, we desperately wanted that. A lot of our contemporaries, you know, Bias Derisfaldo, Langer, Lyle, uh, Wisnum, um, Olaf Arbel, they'd all played in Ryder Cups, and, and a lot of us had cut our teeth in Europe. So we'd seen how that team atmosphere against, you know, it's a, it's a privilege to play America in that situation. So we'd seen how that helped develop their game and how they, grew and matured through that process. So we just thought that there was a, a big area of the world that wasn't getting that opportunity. So, yeah, we were desperate to try and be involved. I know the international team has been going through a cycle the last decade or so, but, but you know, the Ryder Cup's been going, I, I think it's since 1927. So you've got to be fair in assessment. Frank, just a couple more before I let you go. And you mentioned a moment ago, Tiger's losing record. Do you think he should pick himself? I mean, t TV aside, you know, fan, fans aside, looking at he's got a losing record in the Ryder Cup. He's trying to be a captain, so I'm sure he's got a lot of other things on his mind and trying to manage some things when you're out on the course and in between matches and all that sort of stuff. I've heard captains talk about how difficult it is and how, you know, the process of getting there and then setting things up in the pods and all that stuff. So there's a lot on his mind. And then trying to go out and play and win when he's got a losing record in these sorts of things. Should he pick himself? Well, I, I think it was Hale Owen that was, a, that was one of the co-captains that played in 1994. So that precedent has already been done. Um, to be honest, when I heard that he had another knee surgery, and I'm, I'm on record for saying no, um, you know, full disclosure, basically, because I, I thought, let the guy heal. I mean, he's had back surgery and whatever. Just, you know, don't put any pressure on him. 
But I was also, you know, in Japan just a couple of weeks ago, his first start back from knee surgery, and I saw the look in his eye. He wants to play. So to me, if a, if a person has won three times in the last 13 months against really good fields, and, you know, I think the Ryder Cup rankings right now, he's like fourth in, in the list and that, he's justified a position. Um, if, you, if, if the guys he wants to pick can't beat him, then he's he's actually got a problem because it's it's a really weird situation. Um, you know, if I if if somebody else was the captain, they would pick him. And and I was I was against that initially because I thought just give the guy a break. But the way in which he plays, and, and I honestly think that he has the bit between the teeth, and he actually wants to win as a playing captain. That's just he's wired differently, and he's actually motivated for that. So yeah, I would not be surprised. I mean, his his uh, interview at the end um, talking with Tiger Lewis, and he was asked about, well, you know, the, the play, the captain Tiger Woods. What did the captain Tiger Woods think of the player Tiger Woods? And he said the player Tiger Woods got the captain's attention. Um, you know, <laughs> if he de- if he can deliver at that level, he 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 is that unique person that deserves the right. Um, like I said. I'm on record for saying I think he should just recover initially. But what I saw in in uh, in Japan, his ability to close, there's none better. So he has that luxury, and he deserves the right. Frank, before I let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing with the Golf Channel and uh, follow you on social media? Just watch golf and love the game. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm a bit of a social media pariah. You know, I've, I've always thought it was a, an opportunity for angry people. There's a lot of good people out there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not a great fan of it. Um, it's probably not what everybody wants to hear. But, um, no, just, just watch <laughs> golf. Love the game. Get out there. Watch all these great players. Um, you know, I don't care whether they shoot 100, 85, 95. Um, it, 65. I still think it's the best game that's ever been invented. I know we we have our own issues right now. People talk about the ball, the clubs, and all that, but it's still fundamentally it's still a great game because it's about you. You can get out there, rain, hail, or shine. You can play. It's still fun, even for old people like them. Matt. So um, you know, if you're a fan of the game, that's it. So I'm just trying to you know give back. I, you know, I have the best seat in the house sometimes when I get the opportunity to call golf. Um, is and as long as they want to hire me, then then I'll I'll keep trying to do it. But um, yeah, get out there, say hi, and and visit as many tournaments as you can. Believe in the game. Well, Frank, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and back and be a part of the show. It's always great having you here. I hope you come back again sometime. Continue to share your thoughts and your insights. You're fantastic. Thanks, Chris. Uh, apologize for the jet lag. Yeah, <laughs> I just got in yesterday. <laughs> no, <laughs> no worries. Take care, Frank. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks a lot, Chris. Take care. Bye. See you, Frank. That's Frank Nabilo. Uh, Great stuff, I tell you. And um, when you look at his perspective from, um, you know, three President's Cup teams, and, and and it's something I've always sort of wondered about. Because of the rich history of the Ryder Cup, I had to believe that all of those other great players that aren't from, you know, Europe or or, over in uh, England, we're, we're just chomping at the bit for an opportunity to get to play in a format like that. So it's a, uh, it's great perspective to hear how much that they were pushing for that sort of thing. Frank's fantastic. Hope I get the uh, opportunity to catch up with him again real soon.